Ever since the first tick-tock of time You brought order to a world undefined Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Our teaching team is made up of men and women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion, to which our community responds with curiosity, courage, and a desire to expand in faith, hope, and love. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary, and we follow the church calendar, because they anchor us in something which can hold us, no matter what life throws our way. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. Cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. Our second scripture is from Mark, chapter 10, 35 through 45. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, we are able. Then Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many." The word of the Lord. Thanks, Michelle. Hey, folks. Good to see you. My name is Steve Weens. I'm the pastor around here, and I am thrilled to be preaching on this really fun passage. We have a couple of disciples who want to get promoted. We have 10 other disciples who are angry at the fact that the two disciples are so audacious as to present their request, demand? How would you classify that? We want you to do whatever we ask of you. Great, what do you ask of me? We want to sit at your right and at your left. Is that a question? Is it a demand? I'm not sure. Either way, we're gonna have some fun. Welcome to those of you who are joining us on Zoom as well as Facebook or YouTube, if it's later on in the week, yay, welcome. You can find out more about Genesis at genesiscov.org if you're checking us out online. So it's easy, I want to say, to dismiss this request by James and John. The Sons of Thunder, by the way, is their nickname. Yes. I want to be in a band called the Sons of Thunder. Wouldn't that be sweet? Maybe there is one. Anyway, it's easy to dismiss this request as so ridiculous and immature that we would never stoop so low as to request that. And we probably wouldn't because we're from Minnesota. 
We don't even eat the last piece of pizza unless someone forces us to, right? There it sits. There it sits. Everyone's hungry. Everyone wants it, but no one will grab it because we're polite. We would never ask for it. These guys are not so polite. They're audacious. They ask the question. And here's what's interesting that I noticed is that Jesus doesn't take the question as ridiculous or audacious. He takes it seriously. You notice that? He actually takes this question seriously. So perhaps so should we. So before we get into the specifics of this portion, I want to zoom way out and find out where it is in the broader narrative of the Gospel of Mark. Uh, There are four Gospels, and I love that there are four because it offers four different perspectives on the life of Jesus. Just like there would be a perspective that Jason would have if Jason lived with Jesus or Jane. There would be the gospel according to Jane, and we would learn some of Jane's questions and insights on Jesus. Because it takes more than one perspective to get uh, an understanding of a life so rich. Amen? So this is Mark's gospel, and Mark frames it from Mark about 8, verse 22, through Mark about 10, 52, they're, they're, Jesus and his disciples are traveling from Caesarea Philippi in the north all the way down to Jerusalem in the south. And all along their journey, Jesus is teaching them. He's giving them a crash course in what it means to be a disciple of Jesus and what it means to live in the kingdom of God. But, these two, but this journey is bracketed at the front and at the back with two similar stories of a blind man who is healed in verse Uh, in chapter 8, in the beginning of the story, and then another blind man who is healed at the end of the story. So folks, what does it mean that on the journey where Jesus is teaching the disciples what it means to be a follower of Jesus, that it starts with a person that's blind and is healed, and that it ends with a person that is blind and is healed? What does it mean this is not an all-play question, but let it, let it be one, just extemporaneously. It's not going to come up on the screen. What does it mean, according to that observation, blind person being healed on the front end, blind person being healed on the back end, about what it takes to be a disciple of Jesus? What does it mean? Thank you, Jason. You need to have vision. In order to have vision, what do you sometimes need to do? Admit that you're blind. The problem is none of us think we're blind. So what Jesus is trying to do almost his entire ministry is not convince people to be more moral or more kind. He's trying to convince people to realize You can't see as well as you think. So I want to help you to see. So what if following Jesus really is primarily about learning to see more clearly? Not about becoming more moral. Not about making sure we're following the rules according to a box. But about learning to see more clearly. And what if seeing more clearly begins by recognizing the ways in which you cannot see? I don't know that Americans like that lesson very well. We can see. I don't know if Christians like that lesson very well. We can see. 
So I got permission to share this story uh, from Kara and Freya, her daughter. So Kara was just up here giving announcements. Her daughter Freya um, at school was having, with her friend, was having a challenging interaction with a couple of boys at school. And Kara could tell because Freya would tell her this, and Kara could tell that she was worried, right? And so Kara kind of sent her to school this day. And you know how it is when you're a parent and your kid is maybe being bullied at school. Maybe not quite bullied, but maybe bullying is coming up and you don't like it, and so you're kind of worried. You know that feeling? It's a wonderful feeling, isn't it? You just feel it right in your gut. Well, uh, Kara, you know, made it through the whole day, and Freya came home from school, and then Freya brought it up. Freya said, Mom, do you want to know how recess was today? And you know how it is as a mom or dad. You're like, sure, go ahead and tell me. And then Freya said, well, Jack and I are friends now. Jack was the person that she was worried about. Kara said, wow, that's interesting and cool. How did, th how did this come about? And Freya said, we learned each other's names at recess and we decided we didn't need to be enemies. Kara asked, wow, how'd you decide that? What a great question, right? Be a parent who asks questions like Kara does. Freya said, well, we talked and we both realized that we were defending our friends and that we didn't need to dislike each other. So now we're friends. He's pretty funny. I feel better about things now. Kara learned, or Kara, Freya, well, Kara probably too, <laughs> but Freya learned to see differently. And if someone in elementary school can, maybe I can. <laughs> maybe there's hope for me and my calloused soul. <laughs> but here's the question. Do you want to see more clearly? Because if someone asks you, like, well, do you want to be a follower of Jesus? Maybe you'd say yes, or maybe you'd say maybe. But if someone said, what would you be willing to go through in order to really see more clearly? I wonder how we would respond. That's more of a long answer over a, maybe a cup of coffee or even something stronger. Amen? So what if we started here? If there even is a flicker of desire, to see more clearly. What if we started with this simple daily prayer? Jesus, I give you permission to expose my blindness today so that I can see more clearly. And allow Jesus to figure out what you need to see more clearly. Probably we'll start with something much smaller than you think. Jesus probably won't take you to the United Nations on day one might start with how you see yourself. might start with how you see your spouse. Well, that's probably graduate level, so it maybe wouldn't start quite that high. Maybe your roommate. Maybe your boss. Maybe the other political party. So what if we started with that simple prayer? Jesus, I give you permission to expose my blindness that I might see more clearly. And what if we repeated this prayer every time we felt defensive and every time we noticed that we wanted to be right? What if it was a mantra that kind of came up 
Jesus, I give you permission to expose my blindness that I may see more clearly. So here is our first official all-play question. It'll come up on the screen in case you forget. When you consider practicing that prayer, what thoughts or feelings come up? You can answer on the chat, or you can answer just live in the room. No need to raise your hand, just shout it out. When you consider praying that prayer, what thoughts or feelings come up for you? Jason, I don't want to do it. Oh, I don't want to know what I'm blind about. Yeah, it is scary. Thanks, Jace. It does feel risky, John. I totally agree. Um, Here's Bob Timperley online. Uh, It will be costly. You may die. You may need to understand that going to heaven is actually serving and loving here on earth at any cost. (laughs) Nico, oh crap, what am I not seeing? (laughs) And by the way, Kara followed up on, on on the chat regarding the story with Freya saying this, my idea for her before school is just to steer her clear of Jack and his friend. She came to a different approach, and I'm astounded by her openness and curiosity. Thanks, Kara. So more, more responses. When you, when you consider, just consider, no pressure, when you consider praying this prayer, Jesus, I give you permission to expose my blindness so I may see more clearly, what comes up for you? Yeah, Cassandra, sometimes I like to be blind. Me too. Yes. Kara, especially when, I, when I'm convinced I'm seeing rightly. And Jane said, I have a lot of my identity wrapped up in me being a smarty pants. So smarty pants is no, and they can see. Yeah, Enneagram One, Jason said. Whoop, whoop. We got a lot of Enneagram Ones in the room because it's, it's right to come to church on Sunday morning. <laughs> um, Bob says online, will I like what the mirror shows me? Yeah, you know, probably not, you know? Probably not. But do you want to see more clearly, more than you want to avoid looking in the mirror? Because where does freedom come from? It doesn't come from blindness, I don't think. It doesn't come from hanging on to our defensive attitudes, I don't think. It doesn't come to thinking that being well means being right. So let's get back to the question slash demand. Grant us to sit at your right and your left. I noticed before, Jesus doesn't rebuke them. He doesn't ignore the request. But listen to his response in verse 38. Uh, (laughs) Hey, J and J, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And this is where it's important to try to imagine the tone of voice. It's easy to imagine a cynical tone of voice, like he's But what if, and that might have been the tone of voice that Jesus had, but what if the tone of voice was much more gentle and inviting, as if he was taking the question seriously? Oh, you guys. I'm not sure if you know what you're asking. I mean, really, look at me. 
Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? Now, they respond right away, we are able. <laughs> Probably clue number one that they aren't, right? <laughs> oh, but then Jesus said, well, yeah, actually, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left hand is not mine to grant. It's for those to whom it's been prepared. So Jesus seems to go with their desire. What's their desire here? I mean, I mean like, clear off the whole sitting at your right hand and your left hand and we're able. What's their desire? Recog to be recognized. Yes. Is there a deeper desire there too? To be important, yes. Is there even a deeper desire beneath that? Comfort and security, yes. All those things. Is there even a deeper desire beneath that? Thank you, Michelle, to not be left out of Jesus' presence. I think all those other desires, you know, be important, all the, that's true, but they all cover up this desire that's good, which is that wherever you're going, I want to go with you. And yeah, it's wrapped up in ego, sit at your right and your left, and it wouldn't have been so much better if they just would have said that. Hey, wherever you're going, I want to go with you. It would have been so much more clean. But that would be the right response, and you probably wouldn't learn much from it. It's so great when we get our ego exposed because that's the only way we'll learn. That's the only way we'll expose what's blind is when our ego gets, gets exposed. And you go, ooh, I asked it that way? <laughs> I actually asked Jesus to sit on his right or his left. Years ago, I was the associate pastor at a big church that I loved. And I was in the car with the senior pastor whom I loved. And I remember kind of being ranty to him about my job title. I don't really like, I don't know what it was at that point, teaching pastor, whatever. It's like, I don't know that people will, I don't know what I said, but it was something like, I don't know if people will really understand the role that I play here if I'm just the teaching pastor. And the, pa the senior pastor could have said a lot of things to me in that moment, right? But what he said to me, I'll never forget. He goes, Steve, there are two kinds of authority in this world. The kind that you get through a title and the kind that God gives. You want the second one. And I was like, yeah, that's right. That's, that's, that's what I meant, you know, so that I could... <clears throat> The only way your ego gets, the only way to be, to be able to be exposed of what you're blind to is that your ego would rise up and then get kind of punctured. So Jesus goes with their desire because I think it is to be with him while he's gone. He doesn't rebuke the silliness of their grandiosity. He doesn't say, what a dumb question. It's almost as if, he translates their request slash demand into our prayer. I give you permission to expose my blindness so that I might see you more clearly. It's almost as if that's what he heard. 
in their request. Jesus exposed my blindness so that I can see more clearly. So that's where he goes. And he attempts to expose their blindness to what it will take to be with him in glory by introducing two symbols, the communion cup and baptism. Remember he said, are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with a baptized, baptized? Be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with. He brings up these two symbols. So second all-play question, what do the communion cup and the waters of baptism have in common? You can answer on the chat. And just, again, um, such a deep question. I almost didn't ask it. But just start where you start, and we'll get where we need to go. So don't, don't be afraid to shout something out. All right, Jason, sacrifice and death. Yep. Submission, Marnie. Yes. Whew. What else? Fellowship with Jesus. Thanks, Pam. Communion and baptism. What else? Um, Nico says safety. Oof. Say it again, Cassandra. Ooh, in a physical sense, they're both liquids. They're permeable. They're, they change. They An outward expression of your inward faith. Yeah. Uh, Nico says, ritual of inclusion to help give us an image. Um, Rajan says, trust. You know, go ahead. Oh, say, say that last part again, Rexanne. Yeah, the communion cup reminds us to go back to that moment when we were baptized, when we realized maybe that this life that we got coming up from the waters is a, is a gift of grace. All, all that is just wonderful, uh, beautiful. Bob says they both call us to bring life as living water, yes. I think they also reveal that the path to sitting with Jesus in glory is the path of death to life. This is my blood shed for you and going underneath, under the water. So seeing clearly and being with Jesus in glory and sitting on his right and his left is about learning to let go of the desires of the ego self so that the desires of the true self can emerge. The desires of the ego self have to emerge. They're not bad. They have to emerge so that you can learn that, they're, that you're blind to something, so that there's a greater desire. I want to sit at your right and at your left is an ego desire, but it reveals a deeper desire that I want to be with you. So don't be too afraid of your ego self. It's only going to lead you to where you need to go. Does that make sense? If we spend so much time trying to suppress our ego self, to never ask the dumb, silly, audacious question, <laughs> to never say to your senior pastor, hey, I think my title is kind of lame. 
If you're always so careful to never let that stuff come out, I think you'll never get to the deeper desires. Now, I'm not saying be flippant or super loose. (laughs) You probably won't have any friends anymore. But I'm saying it's okay to sometimes let those out and save company. Thank God that Jesus was safe company for these guys. When James and John asked Jesus to allow them to sit on his right and his left, it was their blind ego self. Um, so what does your ego self emerge as typically? We all have it. It's designed to keep us safe and important. Maybe your ego self needs to stay in control no matter what. So you plan for every possible scenario so that you'll never be surprised. Anyone, that's their ego self? Yes. <laughs> Kara, you don't know me, Steve. I'm, you're crying, not me. Maybe your ego self needs constant approval from others. So you shift and shape yourself into whatever you need to be in order to get that approval. Anyone? Anyone? Yeah. You can have more than one, by the way. Maybe some of you are like, well, that's me too. Maybe your ego self needs safety and security above all, so you never take a risk, and you never feel like you're experiencing true joy. Well, here's the deal. When you look at your ego self, I want to sit at your right and at your left. I want a, I want a new title. Um, you can't crucify your ego self. You can't deny your ego self. You have to meet it face to face and each time learn to, learn to gently let it go. So I encourage you this week when you feel that ego self rising, I want to sit at your right and your left, whatever, whatever it means for you. Instead of trying to uh, feel bad about it or crucify it, pray that breath prayer. Jesus, help me to see my blindness so that I can see more clearly. Because that's what it is when your ego self gets exposed. Over sabbatical, I was given, I think, a breath prayer by God. I was doing inner work, ego stuff, because that's what came up for me over sabbatical, because I wasn't preaching or writing or doing any of the things that give me approval and esteem, you know? So I started to feel like, where am I? Am I worth anything? And I think God gave me this breath prayer, and it was the Jesus one, into your hands I commit my spirit. Into your hands I commit my spirit. And that's what I learned to pray every time I felt less than. Um, My ego self is always going to want attention and approval. But my true self, I'm coming to learn, wants something much deeper and much more elusive. And that's communion with God and compassion for myself and others. That's what I really want. That's the desire that's lurking underneath the desire for approval. So I can't be too hard on myself when I feel that ego self. I have to hold it open-handedly and say, into your hands I commit my spirit, and God, thank you for exposing my blindness. That's what it takes to be in communion with God, I think. That's drinking the cup, because it's going to lead toward sacrifice. It's going to lead toward some death, but it's also going to lead toward freedom and life. Because if you can see... You don't have to be an enemy with your childhood friend on on the recess or the person across the aisle or whatever. So just to follow it up here or to end it up here, Jesus, um, of course, this portion ends with the 10 getting angry 
<laughs> but then Jesus reveals a second pathway to really seeing. If the first pathway is really getting your blindness to be exposed, the second pathway, he says this, um, whoever wishes to be first among you must be servant of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So in addition to exposing your blindness, Jesus reveals this pathway, letting go of your eager, ego's desire to grasp for power by grabbing hold of a life of service. Grabbing hold of a life of service. One of my friends this week said something powerful. She said, you know, I think for a lot of us um, these days, we just need to get over ourselves. <laughs> so much introspection, so much myopic thinking, so much self-centered, you know, and there's a good process of what we were just talking about, like, where am I blind? That's really, really good. At some point, though, <laughs> we got to let go of our constant need for self-improvement and self-focus and say, like our friends in AA do, who needs help? I'm not going to do it perfectly, but who needs service? The way to stay sober, our friends in AA says, is by being sponsoring someone else. There's something to that. So just become a servant of all and it'll all work out, right? Well, you know there's a way of being a servant of all and having that be completely ego too. You know there's a way of doing that. So let even that be an opportunity for you to get your ego self exposed. Because your ego self is tricky. It's maybe, hum, you know, like if you figure out the way to be really accepted and affirmed in this community is by being a servant, you're going to try to be the best servant of all. You're going to try to be the number one servant. Can I get some rankings, you know? We can have a fantasy league of, of service in the church. <laughs> I pick Pam. Where did that come from? That was not in my notes. I wanted Pam. So you can't bypass the slow death of letting go of the ego self. Drip, drip, drip. It's little deaths, little exposures of your blindness. That's the only path of communion with Christ is because that's the path that he took. That's the path that he took. So my encouragement to you this week is to consider praying this prayer. Jesus, I give you permission to expose my blindness that I may see more clearly. Pray it every time you feel defensive. Pray it every time you feel small. And secondly, choose the pathway of service. Open-handedly, a cup of cold water, just small things done with great love over the pathway of grasping for power. Just pick a few environments where you're going to serve. Do it quietly, do it secretly, and then check in with someone about how that curriculum is going. Okay? Okay. Deep breath in. Let it out. Thank you for listening to the Genesis West podcast. If, if you, you find, find yourself, yourself nearby, nearby on Sunday, we'd love for you to join us for worship. We meet at Elam Church Center in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. If you, if you have, have any, any questions or would like to connect with us, please visit us at www.genesiscov.org.